0: You're listening to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast, and I'm your host, Hannah Bowers. Now, on to the show. Yeah. Hey friends, welcome back to the Baby Dust Podcast. We are in for another fantastic episode today and I'm thrilled to be sitting down with Tara. Tara, welcome. Thank you so much for taking time to chat with us and share your knowledge. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So, you know you're awesome. I love following you on Instagram. And you know, one of my favorite things to see that you talk about that I was hoping that we could kind of jump into today, is that you're really passionate about um, helping people navigate the world of endometriosis.
1: Yes. And that came from my own struggle, like many Mm. things with people, you become super passionate when you went through the journey of that. Mm -hmm. And
0: It's a disease that I feel goes overlooked so much. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. I I couldn't echo that more. You know, I I think we have in our Facebook group, I mean, sometimes it's daily, but at least a couple of times a week, people coming in and commenting like, hey, I've got all these symptoms. My doc is just kind of like, no, it's no big deal. Um, I don't and people are just like, we don't what do I do next? So let's kind of if you don't mind, let's just start there. Can we just kind of start through that? Like, What, what is that next step? What is the path you think that maybe you've got something going on? Where should we go next? Oh,
1: I'm cringing already. As you said that, I (laughs) I see that far too often. Like you, Mm -hmm. like you do uh, with women coming to me. I think let's start with, um, let's start with gaslighting. It's like Mm -hmm. the new term, right? Mm -hmm. But let's start with when you go to your healthcare provider and they disregard your symptoms or what you're coming in with or they tell you it's normal. So this could be for your, you know, for endometriosis or your healthcare and beyond. I think this is just a, a great takeaway right off the bat is I want you guys to always feel heard by your healthcare mm, provider.
0: Absolutely.
1: They should be taking time to listen to you, acknowledge your symptoms and move forward. Mm -hmm. With proper testing, if they do not offer you an explanation as to why they will not order something, especially if you're bringing Mm -hmm. it forward, some suggestions, because we know everyone listening to this podcast probably is an amazing researcher of of healthcare because they've had to be, because they've been Mm -hmm. overlooked and disregarded. Mm -hmm. And so if they do that, that's actually unethical on their end. And I could Mm -hmm. go on a whole uh, road about (laughs) that, but I tell my patients um, in social media nowadays, I've been showing it from a mountaintop, find a new healthcare provider, mm-hmm. fire them. Unless you, even if you are like networked into a healthcare network or system, for example, find someone else within that system. Mm, absolutely. Um, and if you're not, I recommend people travel. Like nowadays telemedicine has made things wonderful. It's a huge part of my practice is being able to connect with women in other states all over, all over. Like driving doesn't have to be a thing anymore. So right off the bat, if we're talking about endometriosis and you've went into your healthcare provider and they have basically food you or just said, "Here's some oral birth control. Have a nice day. This should take care of it. Take some ibuprofen. You're mm. fine. This is normal." One of your number one providers you should be looking at for a second, third. Or I've had people come and tell me fourteen. They've seen oh my fourteen goodness. providers. <sighs> Yeah, is an OBGYN who also is an excision specialist. Mm. And one of my favorite resources that provides a link that you can find that person is called Nancy's Nook. And if you go on the website, it says like find a healthcare provider, you click it, you can put in your location and area. And I don't want you to let distance be. Be a burden if you can. Mm, I know mm-hmm. for some that's not possible. Gas prices are crazy, mm-hmm. but my patients travel twelve hours or six hours. That is the closest my patients can get, and wow. have had amazing results with these heavy, painful period. Um, and we'll get more into that. To so symptoms of do I have endometriosis? I had a laparoscopic procedure, and they didn't see any. Next, you're gonna go find an excision specialist mm-hmm. because here's the reality: not every person. And provider doing those excision surgeries has an A for endo. There's mm-hmm. a special light. There's special tools. You have to see so many of endo patients in a month to be proficient in it. And mm-hmm. even if they do excision surgery, you have to do so many. They say approximately twenty to twenty five a month to be proficient. Wow, in it. that's so a lot. you want to get your hands in the you know in the um, office of a healthcare provider who's very proficient in excision surgery, in endometriosis. Most of these places have um, endometriosis programs set up. Mm. Um, There's silent endo too, which we'll get into, but I just want to really empower people to not feel so married, as I call it, to their healthcare provider. Mm. Even if, oh my gosh, but they're so wonderful. They're so great. They've done well for me. You can create a healthcare team. They can still be part of your healthcare team. Just add to it. Mm, Add the pelvic floor so physical therapist. Add the um, you know, other provider who perhaps is more specialized in endometriosis mm. or hormones. Add the excision specialist. Create and look at your health as a team approach, not just one person. We need to stop relying on the one person mm. that we keep mm-hmm. going back to that's not doing anything for us. Because those days need to be done in order for you to get symptom
0: relief and feel like you can function again. Mm, that's so true Uh, I feel like in the last few years some of the one of the best things that's come out is this telehealth access that's just been widened with HIPAA laws changing a little bit Uh, and and that's so exciting because I know even insurance providers now are trying to give access within their like telehealth networks so that people can see um, more I just think that's Really encouraging to know that there are options out there that, depending on your insurance provider, you might not even have to really pay a whole lot or anything for.
1: Yes, and most excision specialists are not, you don't need a referral. They're mm. an OBGYN. That's fantastic. Who's also, right? An excision oh, specialist. That's huge. And we forget we can self refer, like we'll tell you if you need a referral. Mm-hmm. And then you can go to like your family practice provider, mm-hmm. for example. Get that referral. They're going to be more than happy to get you a referral. Don't rely, once again, maybe on your OBGYN. If they're a hang up or you've asked or there's a hold up or a barrier for some reason, Mm -hmm. see a family practice provider and get the referral if you need it. I'm going to tell you, medicine is amazing. Providers have been able to, like myself included, I've been able to expand to other states women have been able to feel more comfortable. I've opened up, you know, some evening hours, or even if they're at work and they're busy, they don't have to travel Mm, to an appointment. You can get comfortable, grab a blanket, you know, at home in the evening or at home in the morning before work, get comfortable in your bedroom, on the couch, in the chair, in your favorite place. And I feel like conversation just flows better. Mm, Like, I feel like I can get a lot more out of my patient when they're in their environment, not a cold clinic that's busy, smelly, weird. People don't like that.
0: (laughs) That's so true. So true. Uh well, let's jump back really fast. Um, because this is all really good conversation. Um, but I want to talk for a second about like uh why is it that so often when you go in and you say I've got X, Y, and Z going on, it's just more or less like, ah, no big deal. Why isn't that taken more seriously? And I tried to answer that
1: um because it's just um it gets asked all the time. Number one, I think medicine changes so quickly. Mm. There's so many things that are advancing. Providers are being pushed to do more with less. Mm. They are having time constraints that their organization and system is putting on them to see more patients faster, which equals less time that you get with them. Mm -hmm. They have this just kind of heavy burden upon them with the system they work for. I see that, improved when providers start their own practice and are independent, mm-hmm. which is happening a lot all yeah. over nowadays. There's mm-hmm. a lot of providers branching out, which is so great to see. I was myself included by state happening all over the country. Mm-hmm. And I think that allows for them providers to set up their own system and do practice how they want to practice, see patients how they feel should be seen. But I also think a lot of providers are not up to date on advancements overall with with like endometriosis. That is one of it's a very very uh tricky disease that needs mm. more research, but there's more and more coming out on it all the time. And if you don't, you know, attend your continuing education on it because you need to attend your continuing education on something with um obstetrics or with, you know, labor and delivery, you're not focusing so much on mm. the symptoms and endometriosis pcos thyroid stuff you know that that's low-hanging fruit Mm -hmm. you're probably going to be attending continuing education on something more advanced or dealing with obstetrics for example Mm -hmm. and so i I, that's the conclusion after you know reading and kind of talking to some providers that i've um come up with and they just don't know what they don't know but some are just straight up naive and that's that's the hard truth of they are set in their ways. They have personal opinions that are skewing how they practice. And that's a bad part of it as mm-hmm. well. Um, it's not, there's no lab work for endometriosis. It's a very hard disease. It's very subjective. You know, mm-hmm. I have pain, I have this. And you have to believe you. Mm-hmm. And they have to know what they're looking for. If they're going to go and do a laparoscopic procedure on you. And I, I just see, uh, you know, general surgeons missing it so often. I see even OBs, you know, or they, they'll they do ablation when that's actually not the recommended triosis. We know it causes more scar tissue and pain and it doesn't resolve it and remove it like excision does, which is the gold standard treatment. So um, I just think that healthcare needs to have a little shift in how we approach this and approach patients coming to us with very obvious in my opinion Mm -hmm. red flag symptoms of endometriosis. If you just listen to them and believe them you would be able to diagnose this really Mm -hmm. quick.
0: Are you looking for a probiotic that's specifically formulated for fertility? Well, today I wanna introduce you to the needed pre and probiotic. This is a really special evidence-based blend of very beneficial microbial boosting bacteria. And it's not just the beneficial microbial strains, you know, it's also the prebiotics. And we really need those prebiotics to feed the good bacteria so that it will hopefully colonize in the gut. Now what's also amazing about this specific probiotic is that it's formulated to be taken before during and after pregnancy so when you start taking it you can just continue taking it all the way through your pregnancy these probiotic strains are beneficial for your baby um, and then continue taking them after pregnancy as your body's going through those transitions away from high hormones back to more of a normal state so if you want to give this a try you can save 20% off your first order by using the code blissberrywellness20 yeah yeah for sure that all makes sense and um Uh, I think it sometimes is hard to acknowledge that, you know, we we go into viewing the OBGYN as all knowing of all things, and we forget that they're really expected to be experts in all these areas. Um, And in some ways, it is unfair to expect just one OBGYN to know everything. So really thinking about, okay, does my provider have that Does that, they have that extra training? Are they working with this actively? Those are like such good questions to ask that don't, you know, really reflect negatively on the provider at all. It's just considering like, okay, where are we at in this game and what, what do we need to consider in order to get an accurate diagnosis? hundred percent. You nailed
1: it. Yes. And like I said, I think we focus so much on having to see this one person, Mm -hmm. this one person is going to be the be all end all for us. We need to start making our own healthcare teams. And that's really what I help my patients do and come in as a provider, as a member of their healthcare team.
0: Well, let's talk about that for a minute, because I know you do offer um, services that really empower women to take the next steps there. Um, So let's talk through that. What does that look like? Because you're not acting necessarily as a primary care, correct? You're stepping into the, um, it's a little bit different, but you still do some of those things, right?
1: Yes. So if you are uh, lucky and live in North Dakota, <laughs> South Dakota, Minnesota, I'm working on adding some more states to that list, I can step in and be your provider, oh, fantastic! assess, diagnose, treat, refer, et cetera. If you live any place else, I can come in as a coach okay. and help navigate you through that as well and help just kind of point you in the right direction help walk through these conversations and decisions that need to be made, share some of my education and tips specifically and educate you on um, what might be going on with your body and kind of just approach it that way. So that's been really wonderful for me to be able to open up Mm -hmm. and be able to step in and help women in that capacity as well and walk beside them as they move into whether it's infertility, endometriosis, PCOS, really any um, hormonal female concerns, I can kind of step in and walk beside
0: you as a patient. And I think it's really unique, um, your offerings with that, because you do have the traditional education as a PCP, and you have years of experience in this. So unlike a lot of coaches, you're able to guide and direct with a from a perspective of expertise
1: absolutely and that's another thing i tell people a lot too don't pigeonhole yourself into one coach or one program mm-hmm. or one thing too we all do things a little bit differently mm-hmm. and it might your needs might shift as you advance or progress through your journey of health mm-hmm. um and fertility and you know our reproductive system and beyond so mm-hmm. don't be scared you know to create a healthcare team within the coaching space as well mm-hmm. and Really find what meets your needs for your current situation, your current time.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I love how um, open and like, considerate you are. Um, it's, it, I feel like you do such a great job of acknowledging that everyone's needs are just slightly different. And so, um, you know, you can't just hang your hat on one peg and get it all covered. And, and I think that's a great reminder that sometimes it's okay to add that extra person to the team
1: absolutely i'm all about also like you said i'm very big i'm we have individualized needs there's no cookie cutter mm-hmm. program there's no cookie cutter way i do my coaching i have a process that we go through just to make sure that all the key points are being addressed and met but everyone has has different needs and i try to create a space and i have for example there's a way that we communicate 24-7. If you're laying in bed at 2 a.m. and you think of a question, you're going to send it to me. Mm-hmm. You're not going to wait till 8 a.m. and you forgot and you're bothering me. And, oh, my gosh, you know, like these kind of things that have happened in the past where we try to connect with our healthcare provider and the message doesn't get addressed or mm-hmm. it gets pushed off or not answered. I've created a space, too, where you can access me and it's safe and comfortable and it can Really be about anything it's great to see women open up in there it's amazing you know outside factors that affect our health you know we can share a safe space with no judgment and talk about that like a friend mm,
0: yeah that's really special and yeah it really does provide you a unique opportunity to to tailor support um it it lacks you know i I feel like it's the what is it my doctor calls it the white coat syndrome where you walk into the doctor's office and they're just all in their white coats and so they look so professional but then you as the patient is kind of like oh my goodness am i like can i speak here do i just listen like it's that internal conflict of i don't have an md or a do or an np so um i I love that that just all just is kind of dissolved there Absolutely, it's a
1: real thing. I try not to even wear my white coat. I don't like them. I think it gets... <laughs> I think I have white coat myself syndrome. I don't. Know. <laughs> I own one, but you'll see me probably wear it to make
0: some social media yeah. videos. Yeah. Probably not going to find me wearing it for life. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes total sense. Um, well, I mean, w- before we wrap up, I do want to jump back here for a second, and talk about some of the symptoms. Um, but while we're talking about you, and we, we've we've just kind of briefly gone over your work. Can you just give us like the, the quick insight about the, how to connect with you? If there's any specific person who should connect with you, I'd love to just get that out there so we can be thinking about that while we finish up this episode.
1: Absolutely. My most common places you can find me is Instagram. I say my inbox is that was open. TikTok, blown up. Uh, (laughs) Facebook and YouTube. I'm going to be putting out some really great uh, free educational videos here in the next few weeks and really growing that to make sure that women feel empowered and have Mm -hmm. access to information on there as well. Um, So Tara B. Fertility or Tara Bradner is Mm -hmm. the way you can find me on those links as well. And really, I think my my inbox is open to really anybody who's confused about their reproductive health, their fertility. Um, if you just are feeling disregarded about your symptoms of your hormone, if you think of some hormone concerns going on, endometriosis, PCOS, specifically thyroid. Um, I do some male factor and fertility stuff as well.
0: Mm.
1: Tons of freebies on my website that I've kind of put together over the, over the years as well. So just knowing it's a safe space that you're right, like I am a medical provider as well. So I can kind of, help navigate a little bit differently than other coaches
0: might. That's fantastic. And you can find all of that, um, all the links, all of that good stuff. We'll probably, we'll drop even some, maybe some of my favorite posts down there in the show notes section. So be sure to check it out. Uh, but Tara, before we wrap up, um, you know, the burning question that everybody wonders is, are my symptoms endometriosis? So can you kind of take us through that for a minute? You know, we, we've we kind of given the reference to the obvious symptoms, but then there's this like silent endometriosis thing. Lay it on us. What, what do we have going yes. on here? I'm going to give you my top nine. So number one, most obvious,
1: abnormally painful abdominal cramps with mm-hmm. your period. I want people to think back to high school, think back to college, think back to before you got put on birth control. What were they like? Why were you put on birth control if that's you at one point? Uh, coming off birth control, did they change? Did they shift? Are they heavy now? Mm. Heavy flows. We want, if you are just going through products every one to three hours even, and it's just heavy, large clots greater than a quarter, red flag, greater than seven days as well. If your period kind of spots or goes on longer than seven days, we're questioning endometriosis. Mm. Pain during and after sexual activities. Mm. There should not be this discomfort that's continuously happening or positional, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. We're red flagging that. Difficulty emptying your bladder or bowel. Indo is like an octopus leech. It goes like everywhere. Like it's got Mm. tentacles. If we have pain with our bowel movements during our period as well, during, especially during our period, but outside of that as well, infertility, red flag. I just have this feeling I hope we figure it out in a few years here because my, my initial diagnosis was unexplained infertility and I, it mm-hmm. was endo. I think a lot of unexplained infertility is endometriosis. Mm. Um, and I hope we can get to a point where we can uh, advance testing and research on mm, this. Absolutely. But um, infertility, huge red flag. Number six, pelvic and abdominal pain not associated with your period. So if you have um, pain that is in your low back, or your pelvis area, and then I forgot to. during your period, if you have pain that radiates down one or both legs or your rectal area, oh, red flag, big red flag. Mm-hmm. If you have general low back pain and or leg pain as well outside of your period that you just can't get figured out and they've you know, ruled everything else out, I would be suspicious of endo. Mm-hmm. Stomach problems. I can't tell you how many women I see. I have IBS. I have IBS. I'm like, oh, I think you have endo. You don't have... Could you have IBS and endo? Sure. But nausea, bloating, diarrhea, and constipation, red flag, fatigue. Um, it is this fatigue. There's, you know, if you're tired during the day and you don't feel rested, we, we have red flag for hormone concerns right there. But especially if, if that fatigue gets so significant, that's how I was. Oh, I just get like PTSD thinking about it during your period that is so significant, it is hard for you to function, to think, to get out of bed, red flag. And we would question your iron levels too. I mean, oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing comments in my videos of women passing out and they're needing blood and they're um, anemic and have iron issues because of their periods. And so it's just alarming, you know, that, that, those are not normal things. There is something going on and whether it's endometriosis or, Thyroids, or a blood clotting disorder or goodness we could go down the whole road of period concerns too these are just red flags for endometriosis just a few of them right off the bat that I like to share mm-hmm. um that could be signs that you most likely most likely um have endometriosis
0: yeah that's a lot and that's a lot of stuff that you know we just kind of go on with life and we're like ah. Eh. It's normal, but uh, I think the truth is that we, when we start peeling back the layers, what we think is normal is often just the fact that many of us do live in a state of sickness without actually being diagnosed.
1: Absolutely, or we've been told it's normal, and mm-hmm. it's been like programmed into your brain to believe this is normal, when mm-hmm. I just I don't feel it is. I feel there's something more going on, mm-hmm. and it's worth creating that healthcare
0: team to figure it out absolutely and it, it's good to hear you you know it's good to have that reminder of you saying that um because if you feel like like you feel like you're being dismissed you you need to find someone else and and i i i tell people that a lot and i know it's it's a hassle i have been there trying to navigate okay we really had a bad experience here we got to figure out what's next but it's so worth it in the end if you just dig in and just don't give up looking for that so a few Absolutely. more few more minutes here. Um, tell us really quick what this silent endometriosis is because i I think that this is just another one of those big question marks that I see pop up a lot. People say, "I've heard of this, I don't really understand how does this play into the whole endometriosis conversation? Yes,
1: I see this most commonly in patients that have uh recurrent miscarriage. Mm. Um, that have failed implantation with um, IUIs or IVF, things like that, perhaps they have, you know, not every period perhaps has those symptoms that I listed, but some do. Mm. I think there's, especially if you're going through infertility treatments, there's an amazing test out there and it's called Receptiva. And it's a biopsy of your uterine lining and it can tell if there's inflammation going on. So sometimes Mm, there's inflammation going on in our body, in our uterus. And there is, you know, not, we don't have all of the nine things or even three of them that I listed listed off earlier, perhaps one or two, or you're failing, or you have the miscarriages is a huge, Mm. huge culprit, um, in my opinion, too, to be questioning if you have possibly endometriosis going on. And so it's just, you don't have the full blown symptoms, but you, like I said, maybe have had unexplained infertility or some periods every now and then that fit those, but we can look at some um, uterine lining tests
0: and look for that inflammation going on. Mm. And yeah, that doesn't seem like that's one of the necessarily a standard workup. Is that something that you generally have to either request specially or find someone who's willing to do?
1: Yeah. And and the unfortunate part is I've seen in my own practice, I've started just doing the biopsies myself because a lot of OBGYNs don't under don't understand this new testing, mm. specifically the receptiva. It's kind of used more in the reproductive endocrinology space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've worked and spoke with other providers across the country. How can we utilize this um sooner? Mm -hmm. in women's health and healthcare and get that answer sooner to what's going on with that lining so we can speed up progress and progression and get them to their goal faster and so once again i think it's a matter of providers just not knowing that some of these things Mm -hmm. are even available out there or being open to just doing it just try it just do the biopsy or just send to the specialist send to the excision
0: specialist and let them take a look at that too Mm, absolutely well Tara thank you so much for taking the time today I mean this has been I've I've had such a great time chatting with you and I appreciate you really opening our eyes to the world of endometriosis and also providing just such great insight on where to go next so um, if you're listening to this Um, and this has resonated with you. I really encourage you to connect with Tara in the links below. You can find all those there. Um, she's a good one to follow. You're going to just learn so much. So thank you so much, Tara. I hope you have a great day. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning into the baby dust fertility podcast please share this episode with a friend and be sure to follow BabyDust at babydust.substack.com for updates on all new episodes and free fertility resource guides. Until next time, I'm your host, Hannah Bowers. Bye for now.